Good evening and welcome to Electric Dreams featuring Bonaparte for this Wednesday, August the 23rd. I am, of course, your host Bonaparte, and you are listening to Blind Skeleton Online Radio. You have found your way to my quaint digital cottage in the digital countryside. Please come on in, have a seat. There are more than enough well-cushioned, oversized Victorian chairs for all. This week I'm trying something a little bit different, and I am streaming not just through the Blind Skeleton website, but also on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook. If you are listening to me on one of those different locations, please do drop me a note or an email at bonaparte at blindskeleton.one. Let me know how it sounds, let me know what you think, and we'll keep more of it coming your way. So for those unfamiliar... Electric Dreams is my opportunity to share with you some early electrically recorded music, recorded shortly after the advent of electric volume amplification via the use of microphones. On this show, we play songs from approximately the years 1927 to 1937, give or take a year on either side, and play them live on period-appropriate phonographs. Tonight's show will feature a swatch of jazz from 1928. So close your eyes, sit back, relax, and let yourself be transported back in time with me. In the vibrant year of 1928, the music industry experienced a dynamic shift that really did reverberate with the pulse of change. This was a time when the melodies of jazz danced exuberantly, filling the airwaves and phonograph cylinders with an infectious rhythm that captivated the hearts of listeners. The Roaring Twenties had set the stage for a musical revolution, with jazz taking center stage as the soundtrack to a generation's desires and aspirations. As the phonograph spun, jazz flowed through the grooves of vinyl records, or, back then, shellac records, transcending the boundaries of traditional genres. The music industry at the time was really alive with innovation, with artists like Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, and Bessie Smith embracing the spotlight, each with their own note and testaments to their own boundless creativity. Jazz really was the heartbeat of a rapidly changing society, reflecting the spirit of liberation and experimentation that characterized the era. Radio broadcasts were still emerging as a formidable force, allowing music to transcend physical confines and reach homes far and wide. It was the year when radio stations proliferated, creating a sonic tapestry that united listeners across cities and even continents. The magic of live performances, also broadcast over radio, found a new dimension as these radio waves carried jazz ensembles into the living rooms of eager listeners, transforming the very nature of musical experiences. 
The song King for a Day, our first song of the night, is performed by Lou Gold and his orchestra, and was released on the Velvet Tone label. It holds a significant place in the jazz culture of its time for its upbeat tempo and spirited orchestration. It's got a rhythmic complexity and energetic arrangements that showcase the evolving nature of jazz music during that particular period. King for a Day played a role in shaping the dance and entertainment scene of the era. It's got a catchy tune and vibrant instrumentation, and it created a celebration, atmosphere, and joy. And it really did provide a soundtrack for the carefree spirit of the Roaring Twenties. The song exemplifies the fusion of traditional jazz elements with the emerging big band sound that we would see more in the 30s and 40s. And this did reflect the ongoing experimentation and innovation within the genre. Beyond its musical qualities, the song reflects the broader cultural shifts of the time, which jazz was very, very good at doing. The lyrics and arrangement of King for a Day evoke a sense of optimism, and just as importantly, escapism, that resonated with people seeking an escape from the challenges of the era. The song's popularity does attest to its ability to connect with listeners on both a musical and emotional level.
The jazz culture at the time stood as a testament to the spirit of rebellion and innovation that defined the era. Jazz, more than just a musical genre, was a cultural movement that swept through the streets and speakeasies, transcending mere notes to become a way of life. The jazz culture of 1928 was a fusion of rhythm and attitude, reflecting the aspirations of a generation eager to break free from convention. In the dimly lit clubs and underground venues, jazz was a transformative experience. It wasn't just about the music, it was about a lifestyle defined by improvisation and self-expression. The speakeasies, born out of the Prohibition area, provided a clandestine haven where the infectious rhythms of jazz thrived. It was in these hidden corners that the bold syncopations and soulful melodies of the music found their true home, resonating with a youth hungry for liberation and excitement. This was very much like the music scene in the 1960s as well. Jazz culture also catalyzed social change and broke down barriers. It was a unifying force that transcended racial and societal divides, bringing together people from diverse backgrounds to share in the universal language of music. In 1928, as the cultural fabric continued to evolve, jazz was an emblem of empowerment for African-American artists and musicians who channeled their experiences into melodies that told stories of resilience and hope. Duke Ellington, a luminary of the jazz world during the 1920s, stands as a beacon of this resilience and innovation for African-American musicians of the time. Amidst the challenges and constraints of racial segregation, Ellington's musical genius shone brightly, leaving an indelible mark on the jazz culture of his era. As a pianist, composer, and band leader, he navigated the complexities of the jazz landscape with unwavering dedication, fusing his distinctive style with the evolving rhythms of the time. Ellington's experience as an African American jazz musician was a testament to his commitment to artistic expression and his determination to break down barriers. Through his compositions and performances, he transcended the limitations of ra racial prejudice, demonstrating that music had the power to bridge divides and bring people together. His band, aptly named the Duke Ellington Orchestra, was a testament to diversity united musicians from various backgrounds under the shared language of music. The ensemble became a canvas for Ellington's innovative arrangements and improvisational prowess, contributing to the vibrant tapestry of the jazz culture. Ellington's impact extended far beyond his musical contributions. He became an icon of inspiration for aspiring musicians, proving that talent and creativity could triumph over adversity. His compositions, such as Mood Indigo and Take the A-Train, showcased his ability to infuse deep emotion and storytelling into his music. By embracing his African-American heritage and weaving it into the fabric of jazz, Duke Ellington illuminated the profound influence that diverse perspectives could have on the evolution of the art. His journey, marked by both musical brilliance and social impact, remains a testament to the power of jazz to transcend boundaries and illuminate the human experience. So, of course, we do have a couple of Duke Ellington tunes lined up for you next, the first of which is, in fact, the 
just previously mentioned Moon, in, Moon Indigo. At its core, Moon Indigo embodies the essence of the jazz culture of the time, reflecting the nuanced interplay between joy and introspection. It's got a dreamy blue-toned melody, and it exudes a sense of longing and introspection, inviting listeners to immerse themselves in the depths of its emotional resonance. It also underscores Ellington's ability to blur the line between genres, infusing classical and blues elements into the jazz framework. The song's influence has endured through the decades, inspiring numerous different interpretations by artists across the musical spectrum.
So both our Duke Ellington songs tonight are from the Brunswick label. Brunswick was founded in 1916, and it gained prominence pretty quickly for its commitment to quality recordings, as well as having a diverse catalog that encompassed a wide array of genres, from jazz and blues to pop and orchestral music. It was within this label's embrace that Duke Ellington's iconic compositions found a platform to captivate audiences and shape the jazz culture of the time. Our next song is The Mooch, a captivating composition by Ellington and his longtime collaborator Irving Mills. It emerged as a quintessential piece that encapsulates the intricate melodies and rhythms of the jazz culture of the age. Released during a period of immense musical innovation and societal transformation, the song reflects the evolving nature of jazz as it danced between tradition and experimentation. As a testament to the fusion of influences within the jazz culture, the mooch blends elements just as our previous song of jazz, blues, and even eastern motifs. The track's exotic and mysterious aura was a departure from the more conventional jazz arrangements of the time, demonstrating Ellington's willingness to explore new sonic territories. The song's introduction, featuring Tricky Sam Nanton's distinctive wah-wah mute technique on the trombone, established a unique sound that set it apart from other compositions.
So to give you a little bit of the behind the scenes here at Blind Skeleton, I have three different phonographs that I use for either Electric Dreams here on Wednesday nights or on Three Tune Tuesdays on Tuesdays. Now that way I can quickly move between various phonographs to get the next record set up and just as importantly wound up as well as getting the needle changed. So every now and then you might hear me putzing around in the background as a song is playing as I get the next song or two ready to be played. Now these are period appropriate phonographs. They do not have any form of output that I can plug into the computer so I place microphones strategically in the way and modify the gain as the song begins to make sure it doesn't blow anyone's ears off or to make sure it's not too quiet. So by 1928, Benny Goodman was emerging as a trailblazing figure whose contributions to music, culture, and society really did leave an indelible mark on the landscape of the time. As a clarinet virtuoso and band leader, Goodman's influence extended far beyond the notes he played, shaping the very essence of jazz and ushering in a new era of musical expression. Goodman's contributions to music were characterized by his technical prowess, innovative arrangements, and a deep understanding of various musical styles. In an era when jazz was rapidly evolving, he stood out as a beacon of versatility, seamlessly navigating between traditional jazz, swing, and even elements of classical music. His recordings, including tracks like the next song we're going to play, Shirt Tail Stomp, showcased his ability to infuse music with emotion and energy, captivating audiences and musicians alike. This dynamic approach not only solidified his status as a celebrated clarinetist, but also set the stage for his pivotal role in popularizing swing music in the years to come. So the song that we do have for you, Shirt Tail Stomp, is an exuberant creation by Benny Goodman and his boys, which was the name for his orchestra at the time. It was released on the Brunswick label, just as the last two from Duke Ellington, and it exudes an infectious energy that invites listeners to step onto the dance floor and immerse themselves into the rhythms and swinging melodies that defined the era. As you listen, do not be too very surprised at all if you find your feet beginning to move with the music. It has a lively tempo, spirited instrumentation, and reflects the joyful atmosphere of the jazz culture of the 1920s.
Okay, we have reached the halfway point of tonight's show. I'd like to spend a moment to thank everyone for listening in tonight. I certainly appreciate everyone and each and every one of you. I would like to take a moment to shift gears a little bit and talk about some exciting ventures close to our hearts here at Blind Skeleton and Skeleton Brew. Both Blind Skeleton and Skeleton Brew reflect our passion for both music, good old film photography, black and white movies, and of course coffee. And we'd love to offer you a chance to savor these experiences with us. First up over at SkeletonBrew.coffee, we really do have something literally brewing that is special. We have introduced our new coffee-inspired recipes. We've got some coming out each and every week. It's a delightful journey for your taste buds. This coming week's recipe is going to be cookies as well, coffee-based and coffee-infused cookies. It brings the best of a couple of worlds that are really close to my heart as well, coffee and sweets. And speaking of taste, our Halloween roasts are now available, just of course in time for the season. So if you're looking to add some spookiness to your morning routine, be sure to check them out. And be sure to check out the skeleton-themed coffee recipes that we have. We're going to have some pumpkin spice-themed drinks coming up to keep you from needing to go to Starbucks to spend $7 on a coffee. But of course, that is not all that we have going on here at Blind Skeleton and Skeleton Brew. If you're a lover of music such as I am, please do keep an eye out on BlindSkeleton.one. We add engaging blog posts regularly. We dive into the world of music, of culture, of film photography even, and a little bit of everything vintage entertainment-wise. And speaking of music, let's talk about a couple of upcoming live streams that we have. Next week, on Tuesday, as we do every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, we have Three Tune Tuesday. Three Tune Tuesday is the counterpart to Electric Dreams, whereas Electric Dreams shares with you some early electrically recorded music. Three Tune Tuesday shares with you three songs from prior to the electric period of recording. We will share with you three acoustically recorded songs, and next week we continue our travel through the years, and we are up to 1908, so you can expect three tunes from 1908. And of course, Electric Dreams plays every second and fourth Wednesdays of the month here at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. It's your ticket to tunes from the past that still resonate today. We are again with Electric Dreams progressing through the years, so our next show will be all about 1929 jazz. We're also active on social media. Uh, be sure to hunt us down where we might be. We're on Twitter, Mastodon, as well as the standards Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and we even now have a LinkedIn page. You can hunt us down via the blindskeleton.one webpage. They're down at the bottom of the page. And please do share the good Blind Skeleton word. And what's really exciting for me is if you are in or around the Wilmington, Delaware area on October 21st, you know, do mark your calendar. We're hosting a brew and a movie event. 
it'll be a fun blend of coffee and old black and white 8mm films. We will be having a coffee tasting of some of the more favored Skeleton Brew flavors. And then we will be showing an 8mm horror film just in time for Halloween. Afterwards, time and weather permitting, we will be exiting out of the building into the parking lot and grove outside. And we'll be sharing s'mores and pie and, of course, some coffee. So do be sure to check that out. It's on the skeletonbrew.coffee website. Our next song, we're moving through labels here tonight, is on the banner label. The banner label was introduced as a subsidiary of the Brunswick Bulk Colander Company. And it was a prominent player in the music industry in the 1920s. It provided a platform for you know, more artists to record and share their music across various musical styles of the time. The song that we have to represent Banner is Get Out and Get Under the Moon, which perhaps should have been one that I saved for October and Halloween, but it really does fit the nice jazz theme of 1928 to tonight. It's a catchy tune. It really does capture the carefree optimism and romance even that defined the Roaring Twenties. It encapsulates the era's embrace of innovation, as well as its desire to cast aside the restrictions of the past, and really, really celebrate the excitement of the present. The song is performed by Lou Ratterman and his orchestra, Lou Ratterman was a violinist and band leader, and this particular ensemble showcased a remarkable ability to, to traverse musical genres. Notably, the orchestra contributed to the jazz culture by infusing their performances with the improvisation that jazz has really become known for. They were able to blend jazz elements with other genres, and it demonstrated the interconnectedness of musical styles at this time.
So that was Get Out and Get Under the Moon. The flip side of that last song is a song that's named Try to Smile by the Missouri Jazz Band, and this is a song that I wanted to play tonight. However, I don't like flipping records to play the other side back to back because it takes time and got to change needles and like I say I've got three different phonographs here that I'm moving between. So instead of flipping that record over and playing it next we're going to play the same song but from a different label. We're going to play Try to Smile from the Oriole label. The song that we've got coming up is played by excuse me it's played by the Dixie Jazz Band um, this is not the original Dixieland jazz band that was prevalent and very popular in the 1910s. There isn't much known as about the Dixie Jazz Band itself other than they were a jazz band and they recorded a few songs. So the Oriole record label itself was established in the 1920s. And like most record labels of the time, it did play a significant role in in recording a wide variety of musical styles for audiences at the time. It was a subsidiary of the Vocalion Records Company, which in turn was owned by Aeolian, which is very well known for their organs, their organs and their various other instruments of the time. In fact, up in Longwood Garden in Kennett Square, Pennsylvania, the they have a very very large four-story tall organ that was made by Aeolian in the 1920s so this is try to smile
Okay, we're going to close out our show tonight in the last 15 minutes with three songs that come to us from the Cameo label. This was a label that was established in the 1920s, and just like Oriole, it was part of a the burgeoning recording industry that was growing in leaps and bounds at the time. It was a subsidiary of the Columbia Phonograph Company. And interestingly enough, tonight, none of the songs that we've played came from the really big players at the time, which would have been Columbia or Victor. But Cameo kind of counts as a subsidiary of Columbia, I suppose. So Cameo's commitment to recording technology and distribution allowed artists from different backgrounds and styles to share their music with a broader audience. It had a really good catalog that reflect the evolving musical tastes of the time, and its releases spanned a spectrum of genres that mirrored the cultural dynamism of the early 20th centuries. The recordings, like a lot of the other songs that we play here tonight and on 3-Tune Tuesday, are kind of like snapshots frozen in time, with their melodies and rhythms preserved on these old shellac discs waiting for us to capture their echoes and listen to and enjoy. So the song In the Evening was released on the Cameo label by the Jardin Royal Dance Orchestra. This was a jazz band from Miami, Florida that was active in the late 1920s and early 1930s. The band was led by trumpeter and band leader Jack Gardner and also featured trombonist Al Genovese clarinetist Joe Gannon, pianist Sam Agranat, and drummer Frank Sika. They played at clubs and dance halls in Miami mostly, although they did tour extensively throughout the Southeast. 
They disbanded in the early 30s, but Jack Gardner continued to play music. He formed a new band called the Jack Gardner Orchestra, and they played at several clubs and hotels in Miami as well. The Jordan Royal Dance Orchestra was not as well known as some of the other jazz bands from the 20s, but they were an important part of the jazz scene in Miami. Their music helped to popularize jazz in the Southeast, and they paved the way for other jazz bands that would come after them. Thank you. 
Our next song, I Can't Give You Anything But Love, is performed by Sam Lennon and his troubadours. The song achieved lasting popularity due to its relatable theme and engaging arrangement. Its message of finding joy and fulfillment in simple pleasures resonated with audience then and continues to resonate today. Now, when we talk about the early 20th century and the Jazz Age, we do need to bring up Sam Lennon as well as some of the others, such as Duke Ellington. Though he wasn't as well known today as some of his contemporaries at the time, at the time, he was a musical force to be reckoned with. He wasn't just leading bands, he was shaping the entire landscape of popular music and revolutionizing (laughs) the recording industry. What's truly remarkable about him is his versatility. He could guide bands through a range of genres and not stop there. He was able to adapt and evolve with the changing musical tastes of the time. But he wasn't just making music. He was a studio maestro. His bands were a fixture in recording sessions collaborating with artists from different musical backgrounds. He was a very sought-after collaborator for some very legendary sessions. This is I Can't Give You Anything But Love. And say la vie. Such is things that happen live when you suddenly have a record that just doesn't want to be played. These old shellacs can be very, very picky and finicky. A little bit of dirt, a scratch the wrong way, and they just simply won't play. So we're going to move on to our last song of the night and be happy with it. The song we have next is one that I think is very suitable for closing out the night. It is That Stolen Melody. This was recorded by George Hall and his orchestra. They were active in the 1920s, early 1930s, as most of the other bands were tonight. And they were remembered, George Hall and his orchestra, for their ability to bridge the gap between romantic melodies of earlier decades and the emerging styles of jazz in the late 1920s. With Hall's leadership and musical direction, the orchestra delivered performances that exuded sophistication and charm, appealing to a wide range of audiences. Their music often reflected the influence of both the big band era that was about to come and the dance band tradition, creating a sound that was both nostalgic and innovative.
And that does bring us to our close for the night. Thank you so much for joining in and spending your last hour with me. Regardless of where you are listening, whether it is live on one of our streams or via the podcast, I appreciate each and every one of you and the time that you spend. It has been a fun journey through this year, and I hope that the music has transported you to a time of vibrant energy and creativity, and I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Now, remember, of course, the magic doesn't stop here. Be sure to explore the world of Blind Skeleton and Skeleton Brew, where the rhythm of music meets the art of coffee. Check out our website, skeletonbrew.coffee, for new coffee-inspired recipes that will tantalize your taste buds week after week. And don't forget to hop over to blindskeleton.one for some music, photography, and other fine vintage entertainment. Thank you very much for joining in tonight. I'm looking forward to speaking to you all again on Tuesday for 3 Tune Tuesday. Have a fantastic evening.